1: May 16, 2006. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Savell. Our guest today is Jack E. Zimmerman, MD, FCCM. Dr. Zimmerman provides consulting services to the Cerner Corporation, distributors of the Apache systems, and is a professor emeritus of anesthesia and critical care medicine at George Washington University Medical Center in Washington, D.C., on today's podcast, we will have an opportunity to speak with Dr. Zimmerman about his article published in the May 2006 edition of Critical Care Medicine entitled Acute Physiology and Chronic Health Evaluation, or Apache 4, Hospital Mortality Assessment for Today's Critically Ill Patients. The reference is Critical Care Medicine 2006, Volume 34, Number 5, page 1297. Thank you so much, Dr. Zimmerman, for joining us today. You're welcome. I'd like to begin the interview by giving you an opportunity to share your personal perspective and some historical perspective on the various severity of illness scoring systems in the ICU, and in particular, the Apache scoring system.
2: It's certainly a pleasure to uh, be with you today, and uh, uh, I couldn't begin without uh, acknowledging the the vision of Bill Knauss, who uh, back in the late 70s thought that we needed standardized quality data, something that was objective and mathematical as opposed to judgmental and speculative. Uh, And between 1979 and 81, uh, in our ICU at George Washington, uh, we developed uh, a system called APACHE. APACHE stands for Acute Physiology, Age, Chronic Health Evaluation, which are basically the, the, the three components of the system. In 1981, much to our pleasure, we discovered that 33 physiologic and lab measures and a chronic health evaluation together with patients' age very beautifully uh, risk-stratified patients according to their risk of death. We published that in Critical Care Medicine, but soon realized that there were many uh, things that needed to be improved, not the least of which was the complexity of that system because at the time, everything was done manually. In 1985, we published Published, uh, Apache 2, which reduced the number of physiologic measures from 33 to 12, and introduced not only a, a score for measuring severity of illness, but also a, a prognostic uh, system to compare ICU outcomes uh, based on uh, hospital mortality. By 1990, we had discovered that uh, there were many Improvements that needed to be made in Apache 2. It was at that point that we introduced Apache 3. It was, in many ways, a departure from simplicity to complexity because as information technology grew, we thought that these systems would become decreasingly manual and increasingly uh, automated. Between 93 and 97, we added additional equations to the mortality predictions that, that provided benchmarks for ICU and hospital length of stay, outcomes for cabbage patients, predictions for benchmarking duration of mechanical ventilation, for uh, uh, assessing the risk of active treatment among monitoring patients, and basically Apache went from a single equation to a, to a whole system. For benchmarking ICU outcomes.
1: You discuss two major areas. One is how the accuracy of prediction of mortality for the ICUs using the Apache 3 scoring system deteriorated over time. And so you discuss in here how the scoring system, you were making a decision about remodeling it versus the recalibrating it. And I was wondering if you could spend a few minutes discussing that particular issue because it really seems to be the crux uh, of the focus here.
2: What we do is assess, really since 1991 when Apache 3 was published, we've reassessed about every three years the calibration or the accuracy of the predictions. And in 1998, that was a basis for an update in the system. When we retested that 98 update, in 2002-2003 data, we found that, that, that we were over-predicting mortality. That is, there was grade inflation or, or model fade, something that's been published and discovered about uh, other, other severity systems. And we knew at the time that if we simply adjusted the, co- the, the coefficients that predict the, the mortality It would be certainly based on more recent patient data, but wouldn't incorporate important new knowledge about outcome prediction that come along uh, since the previous version. And so we remodeled Apache 3 and added features to it and named it uh, the next generation Apache 4
1: but it seemed from from reading the manuscript that it really was a a larger departure than and I I know in some of your tables you focus on different versions of apache 3 version h and version i, I is that correct
2: yeah that's correct version h is the original 1991 uh, equation version i is the uh, update from 1998 and what we've seen both in aggregate that is in All of the patients in our database, as well as, in particular, within certain disease categories, major changes in in mortality. And and fortunately, the direction is good. That is, the mortality has gone down, and, of course, the predictions themselves, which are based on outcomes from the reference database going back a ways, are, are just tending to fade in their accuracy. So, that typically observed mortality is is lower than what is predicted.
1: One question I just wanted to address can you tell me about the the issue with separating out cabbage patients? And is it a separate scoring system for patients undergoing cabbage, or, or what's the history about how they were analyzed separately?
2: long understood that when a patient comes to the ICU after coronary artery bypass surgery the patient's physiology is so altered by the effects of uh, anesthesia, hypothermia, bypass, uh, what have you that we realized that the weighting that we used uh, uh, to to make predictions was going to be entirely different uh, than it is for, for the average ICU patient. And so we had to uh, develop a, a, a separate cabbage database and uh, really a separate equation. Uh, things like sex, which aren't terribly important among ICU patients as a predictor of mortality, is of course uh, uh, important uh, in cabbage patients, as are a number of other variables. And so it's a modification of the Apache theme. Uh, to predict outcome when a patient comes into the ICU after a cabbage, and so the equations have to be different.
1: One of the important points that I wanted to discuss with you today focuses on the major roles for these scoring systems, and I'd like to just take a couple of minutes and and, uh, discuss that. It's my understanding that they sort of have three major roles. The first is for research purposes, uh, as you discuss in your manuscript, that the control arm and the arm uh, of a randomized trial where they get an intervention are about as ill as each other. The second role is for benchmarking intensive care units. And then the third role is for prognosticating for a particular patient. And I thought if you could share your expertise on this, uh, commenting on these various roles for these scoring systems, that would be great.
2: Well, you're, you're absolutely right. When, when we developed Apache in, in, in 1981, Apache 1 was simply a severity scoring system, a measure of how sick the patient was based on their age, physiologic abnormalities, and chronic health abnormalities. In 85, when we published Apache 2, for the first time it had two parts. There was the scoring system, the Apache 2 score, that was used to measure the severity of illness in clinical research, and then a prognostic system that uses basically the same variables that are in the scoring system plus things like diagnosis and uh, a number of other variables to predict mortality and benchmark ICU performance. We did not design nor, nor anticipate that Apache 2 would be useful in, in individual prognostication, and indeed it isn't. We have worked with Apache 3 in that regard, but the role of in individual prognostication is, is really quite limited. You cannot using day-one data anticipate which patients are going to have complications, which patients are going to sail through just fine and respond rapidly to therapy, and prognosticate for an individual. What we did explore was the use of daily physiology as a measure of response to therapy or a measure of sudden deterioration, uh, and come up with prognostic estimates that were based on individuals. Quite frankly, uh, other than using day one and day three or day five uh, data, which the folks at Stanford used as uh, uh, an indication of potentially ineffective care, that hasn't worked well simply because the data collection burden is such that uh, uh, to collect daily all the physiologic information that's part of Apache uh, essentially requires an automated system. And few people have those had those and uh, and so the role of apache in, in individual prognostication uh, is very limited been used in a few places, but uh, uh, has not. Gained any widespread uh, uh, use at all.
1: Well, and and as a follow-up to that, uh, you mentioned in your manuscript uh, that you don't recommend Apache 2 be used to predict mortality uh, and to benchmark ICUs, but potentially it might still have a role uh, for research, uh, clinical trials, and I was wondering if you could comment on that.
2: Apache 2, Remains a good measure of severity of illness. The age, the uh, physiologic abnormalities, and the chronic health evaluation still, uh, even though it was developed in the mid 80s, still uh, reflects an increasing risk of death as that patient, uh, uh, as that score increases. In contrast to that, the ability to predict mortality, which always is with reference to the data on which the system was, was uh, uh, based is really obsolete. That's uh, using 1985 benchmarks to assess performance in 2006. That system is simply obsolete. Other investigators have tried to recalibrate, that is, readjust the coefficients uh, uh, based on the outcomes within a, a more recent database. But the problem there is that the, the system is simply missing. Things that we've learned since 1985 are important in predicting mortality, and they remain missing, and thus uh, uh, Apache, even when recalibrated to a, to a new database, uh, simply does not uh, uh, accurately predict uh, uh, hospital mortality.
1: And uh, as a follow-up to that, so let's say that you uh, are able to benchmark your unit or a particular unit, and it falls significantly above or below what is uh, expected. From what I understand, uh, you wanted to discuss uh, sort of a step-by-step approach to help to analyze these results?
2: Yeah, I think that's very important because we've had a a large amount of experience with this over the uh, years uh, as a result of the commercialization of, uh, of Apache. And of course, the, the thing that uh, an ICU director or uh, an intensivist like yourself, when they find that most horrid of all uh, uh, results, that uh, uh, the, the uh, observed mortality is, is higher and significantly higher than expected you immediately feel offended that somehow your quality of care is, is inferior or the opposite. If uh, if it's better, say, well, heck, of course we knew we were doing well. You've got to go further than that. and 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 of course, another conclusion is, well, the system doesn't work or maybe we ought to use another model. This one's no good. Before drawing any of those conclusions, what 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 really has to happen is you've got to examine the factors that, that might potentially account for those differences between observed and predicted mortality. And they're not all simply germane uh to the equation or the model itself. First your data has to be available and and, and properly collected. Uh Uh, you will get inaccurate predictions uh, if there are a large number of missing values. And that seems to be most common when untrained data collectors or poorly trained data collectors get the data. Second, data collection's got to be accurate and and reliable. In other words, the data needs to be audited uh, periodically. Let me give you one example of what I mean by accurate and reliable. There was a study published in Critical Care Medicine several years ago by a German ICU uh, where their observed mortality was very much higher than predicted. One of the things uh, that caused that was the fact that 43% of their patients were either sedated or, or paralyzed, and they couldn't measure the Glasgow Coma Score. As a result, that's defaulted to normal and uh, patients who probably, under that uh, veil of sedation or paralysis, probably had a higher GCS, and, and as a result, the, the expected mortality was based on a normal GCS. That's something we've corrected by uh, adjusting for an inability uh, in Apache 4 to uh, to measure GCS. Another third reason, uh, and this is particularly True uh, for international studies the the reference population really must be broadly uh, representative of the of the population that 's being studied with regard to Apache four we think that it's only applicable in the u s and even there the ICUs studied uh, because they were studied simply selected because they 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 were uh, uh, part of the uh, part of the clientele uh, that had purchased Apache, that's biased. We don't think that Apache could adjust for the tremendous differences uh, between uh, European uh, ICUs, where the beds available, the patient referral, the care before and after ICU, and even the characteristics of the population are quite different uh, from Apache. Another thing that we've found among users of, of Apache is that the reference database really has to adequately adjust uh, for unit practices of patient selection and lead time bias, and we can't do that uh, all the time. For instance, if an ICU uh, very frequently uh, writes DNR orders or limits therapy, something that we would consider a good practice because it, it honors patient autonomy, Apache will tend to underpredict if if that frequency is is much much higher than in the reference database. The result, good practice, gives you a below average benchmark. In the opposite extreme, infrequent DNR is less than an average in the database. There's overprediction, and so you're rewarded. Another problem in regard to this is is frequent discharge to uh, either skilled nursing facilities or long-term acute care centers where, again, these patients, uh, even though they have a 50% mortality on average, uh, are all survivors. And so if it's more frequent than in the reference database, there'll be uh, underprediction and, if more frequent, uh, overprediction of of mortality.
1: Well, and that brings up a really important point that I yeah. brought up in a lot of podcasts that you're 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 benchmarking outcomes, but you aren't in fact benchmarking process, which I know is a separate sort of parallel outcome that people are interested in now. Right, the head of the bed elevated versus the VAP Absolutely. rate, um, and and that's just a I, I think that just remains controversial, right?
2: Well, it, it I, I think they're linked. I think after you 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 go through a a, a checklist. Uh, to, to, to find out, uh, in fact, whether the observed and predicted, the difference between them, uh, is real. Uh, the first thing that you do is look at your process. Are you using goal-directed therapy uh, for patients with sepsis uh, and septic shock? Are you, are you using activated uh, protein C? Uh, if you 're c o p d patients and that 's one of the things that Apache allows you to do is look at at diagnostic subgroups if their If their mortality is, is 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 different than expected uh, are you using uh, to the full extent non invasive ventilation another Another problem that comes up is uh, uh hospitals and I know you experience this in 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 New York state uh, and New York City in particular. Uh, long stays in the ER, waiting for uh, an ICU bed. In, in some of the hospitals that uh, Apache's been used, patients have stayed for 24 hours or longer in the ER. When they come to the ICU, they've already had 24 hours of intensive care. Uh, not surprisingly, their physiologic abnormalities are largely corrected, but the ones that really uh, were important were the ones that they had initially uh, since the reference uh, database um, doesn't doesn 't really account for twenty four hour stays in 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 the emergency department uh, here at least is an example where poor practice uh, gives you a a below average benchmark but it 's not quality of intensive care at all it 's quality of care before uh, the patient comes uh, to the i c u
1: one other question I wanted to ask you about the Apache four scoring system per se was that it was at least my understanding in reading the manuscript that it was made more robust in a couple of ways. One was that you emphasized a couple of times that the degree of statistics became more sophisticated and the second was that you added more diagnostic groups and A if you could comment on those issues that would be great and and B is do you think that that's going to uh, extend the life uh, for the particular uh, version of this scoring system
2: in In regard to the diagnostic groups, uh, the way the primary reason for ICU admission is recorded is a pick list of about four hundred and thirty uh, reasons for coming to the ICU. Uh, what we've been able to do uh, since that list was developed way back in nineteen eighty eight is go from 78 specific diagnoses where we could, with Apache 3, uh, the version that was published in in 91, uh, give specific coefficients from 78 all the way to 116. Uh, It makes a big difference uh, when a patient comes in for a respiratory problem, whether that problem is asthma or ARDS. Tremendous difference in terms of mortality. We've also been able to add... Uh, some new predictor variables, in addition to making the coefficients uh, uh, more germane to, uh, to 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 the present, we've added uh, thrombolytic therapy, mechanical ventilation on ICU day one, and and of course the inability uh, to to assess GCS. All of these things uh, were things that other investigators, for instance, Dan Terry's and his group. Uh, had published and, and shown, and we were able to uh, have that data and, and add it to Apache. The advanced statistical modeling, here's where we get into the, the, the this confusing term cubic splines. Basically what you do is take the relationship between each physiologic variable or age uh, or prior uh, length of stay before the ICU and look at five different segments of that relationship uh, because they're not linear. I think we know, for example, that, that the creatinine has a nonlinear relationship to renal function and, and also to outcome. Uh, very low is bad, very high is bad, and there's some critical thresholds. What cubic splines does is, is basically allow you to adjust for the nonlinear uh, implications of each of those, uh, the same is true of age. Age isn't a straight linear relationship with mortality. It it's a curvilinear, and again, the splines allow you to adjust for that for that nonlinearity. We think that that continued medical progress, uh, which will typically be disease specific, will 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 really mandate as as will new knowledge. That, that we need to retest these systems, uh, and, and that includes Apache 4, about every three years. And, and, and we intend to do that and, and, and adjust uh, or, or, or refine the system uh, as time goes by. That's been Apache's history, and that's uh, where we think it will go in the future.
1: We've been speaking today with Dr. Jack E. Zimmerman, MDFCCM, Regarding his recently published article on Apache 4. This concludes our podcast for Tuesday, May 16, 2006. Look for future podcasts featuring a wide variety of information important to critical care practitioners, including interviews with authors and discussions with prominent members of the critical care community. If you have comments, questions, or ideas for future podcasts, please. Call the Society of Critical Care Medicine's audio feedback line at 1-847-493-6498 to share your thoughts. Critical Care Medicine is the official journal of the Society of Critical Care Medicine, offering the latest information about critical care to healthcare care professionals. Members of the Society of Critical Care Medicine receive a free subscription, as well as other benefits. For more information visit www.sccm.org.
0: Thanks again for listening. Stay up to date on advancements in the critical care profession by attending the Society of Critical Care Medicine's new educational series, Critical Care Academy, giving you tools to increase your critical care skills and knowledge. Critical Care Academy features the adult and pediatric multi-professional critical care review courses on July 18th through the 22nd, 2006. Prior to the review courses, take part in the new Clinical Strategies and Skills Simulation in Pediatric Critical Care or the expanded American Board of Internal Medicine Critical Care Self-Evaluation Process Module Review on July 16th through 17th to enhance your board review process. Tailor your learning experience to suit your specific needs at one convenient location, saving you time and money. Register today to guarantee your course selections by speaking with a SCCM customer service representative at 1-847-827-6888 or visit www.sccm.org.